Sometimes scripture can seem a little sexist. And today in Leviticus 12, it seems very sexist. And we're going to look at that today. And we will. This uh, this is uh, going to be a, actually a, a good chapter and maybe one that does need a little bit of explanation. But uh, I think it's uh, it's good for us to take a look at, uh, as all of Leviticus. I, I know that, uh, again, we've talked about this a couple of times already, and maybe through the weekend with your reading, you struggled. Uh, again, I as we had said when we began Leviticus, it'd be good for you to get a study Bible. Either the NLT study Bible is a good one, Ryrie study Bible, uh, and the uh, ESV study Bible. There's a lot of really good study Bibles that can be helpful. And some of the, the study notes that are available, you can just grab those online as well. And uh, if, you, if you need any you know, help with finding those resources, don't be afraid to reach out to us. Send us an email, and we'd be glad to help you out with even some online sources. That could be helpful. But you're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior, and let's jump into this yeah. pretty hard I mean, chapter. Yeah, it's only eight verses, Junior, so if you want to take uh, the whole reading, you can. That, that'll make up maybe for some of the time when I read the whole chapter without thinking. <laughs> You're just making me uh, want to read this uh, politically oh. incorrect chapter. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather you? I know what you're doing I'd here. rather it be you and not me. <laughs> no, but we'll talk about it as we go right. through. Lord said to Moses, so this is God asking for this. And that, and that is important to keep in mind, verse 1. The yeah. Lord said to Moses, this mm-hmm. is not Moses making it up. This is not a bunch of, um, what's like the trigger word today, the patriarchal old guys getting together right. and let's keep women down. So this is this is God speaking, so let's just keep that in mind as no, and, we talk about it. And we're going to find there's there's good reason, there's some symbolism here that I think that he's portraying in this passage. You know, Junior, I often say when it comes to some of these passages, I wouldn't have written this, but aren't we all glad that I'm not the one that wrote the Bible? Right, yeah. And, and I'm glad I'm not God, and I'm going to let God be God. He is the one that's in charge, and he can tell us whatever he wants. We just have an obligation to follow through on that's right. what he says. And this is one of those times where we just yeah, trust and, him. And also remember that this is Old Testament law, specifically for the Jews in Israel. They were surrounded by pagan nations, and there was some necessary separation that he wanted them to take. Plus some valuable insights that we're going to get from this. So go ahead, right. and, go ahead and continue reading. It says, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. If a woman becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son, she will be ceremonially unclean for seven days, just as she is unclean during her menstrual period. On the eighth day, the boy's foreskin must be circumcised. And I got to jump in there just because uh, it almost looks as though, boy, she's unclean after giving birth. Does that mean it's a bad thing that uh, giving birth or having children makes you know, that makes you unclean? But there was more to it than this, and and that is remember that the sin of Adam was passed on from generation to generation, and when that child was born, there was always already that tendency to sin because of the sin nature that was within him. And so this was just a reminder for the Israelites of the reality of sin for all humanity. And she just gave birth to someone who was bringing the sin nature along with him. Yeah. And there's also some cleanliness there too after after giving birth and you know with there being wounds there's also a lot of opportunity for infections to take place in the practicality of giving the woman some rest and away from people right that you, everybody wants to come and see the baby and you yeah. know stop over and we've got a lot of healthcare benefits in the day we live today but yeah. then they didn't and so. The idea of keeping the people away was a good thing for her. And for the bonding of the baby to the mm-hmm. to the mother. After waiting 33 days, 
She will be purified from the bleeding of childbirth. During this time of purification, she must not touch anything that is set apart as holy. And she must not enter the sanctuary until her time of purification is over. And again, there's this symbolism of keeping what is understood. You, you, you remember, yeast was also considered to be symbolic of sin, that yeast had no place in anything that was considered holy. Well, there's nothing inherently wrong with yeast, but the symbolic nature of yeast is what made it unclean for anything that was considered holy. And it's the same way when it comes to this purification rite. Nothing wrong, of course, with all that took place with childbirth. God is the one that came up with the whole concept in the first place. And so there's nothing inherently unholy about it except for what he was communicating to the Israelites. Now, here's where it feels a little sexist. If a woman gives birth to a daughter, she'll be ceremonially unclean for two weeks, twice as long. Mm Mm-hmm just as she is unclean during her menstrual period. After waiting 66 days, again, twice as long, she will be purified from the bleeding of childbirth. So the big question is, is why is it twice as long if you have a daughter versus son? Yeah, well, thanks for asking me that question, because <laughs> the truth is, I don't know. Well, I'll be interesting and, to see what you have to say, because I have, I've read two different things. Okay. Um, We'll see what you think of these. Yeah, I I don't I've got nothing okay. here, you know, and and it might be a good reminder for everybody that listens to Between the Lines, and we're so glad that you do, that we try to make this as much off the cuff as we possibly can. I I didn't study ahead for this, and yeah. we we don't study for this. We would rather teach everybody to be able to read scripture as it is, and sometimes we can get away from a passage and wonder, I'm not sure what this is about, but it's sometimes it's those questions that when I'm doing study at a later date that because those questions were in my head, there's those aha moments. Oh, okay, I get I get what the purpose of this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, what, what are your thoughts we, on Judaism? Yeah. I, I have none. In a way, we're going to wrestle with the text, mm-hmm. and so we're going to read it um, like that. Um, so I've read, I've read two things mm-hmm. in the past. I've read that, uh, first, it's twice as long if you have a daughter because God wants the daughter and the mom to... Um, to have, uh, what do you call it when, like, the skin-to-skin, just yeah, like that just connection. The bonding. The bond, yeah. yeah, bonding is what I was looking for. To have a longer bonding period, mm. important for okay. daughter to mother. Yeah. I don't know about that. The second thing, and this is going to seem um, harsh, but the second thing that I've read is that it's a reminder to Israel of Eve's sin. Mm. That, yes, the sin nature is passed from Adam, but Eve was also the very first to sin. And so when it comes to consequences to sin, it affects the sexes differently. Sure. So there's that. Um, that's a very, very popular um, interpretation of this. I don't know if I hold to one or the other. Yeah, no, those I, are just. Yeah, and I wasn't familiar with that, but maybe I was. It's just it's been a long time since I've been in Bible college or seminary, and for you, it wasn't quite as long ago. So you <laughs> still remember. Yeah. Verse six says, "When the time of purification is completed for either a son or daughter, the woman must bring a one-year-old." lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or turtle dove for a purification offering. She must bring her offerings to the priest at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will then present them to the Lord to purify her. Then she'll be ceremonially, uh, she'll be ceremonial, ceremonially clean again after her bleeding at childbirth. These are the instructions for a woman after giving birth of a son or a daughter. If a woman cannot afford to bring a lamb, now this is what Mary Mm-hmm. This is what Mary did. So Mary actually followed verse, uh, Jesus' mom followed verse 8 right here. If a woman cannot afford to bring a lamb, she must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. One will be the for the burnt offering and the other will be for the purification offering. The priest will sacrifice them to purify her and she will be ceremonially 
clean. And here again, you do see the grace of God in this because there were some where it was much more of a hardship for them to be able to afford that lamb. And so God does allow for the the birds to be used in this case, as you had mentioned, was the case for Mary and Joseph. And I suspect that that was probably a majority of the people of Israel at this time that could not afford to, and, 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 and we know God wanted them to be fruitful and multiply. The other part of this is that some have speculated, well, does that mean that God is, you know, some have said that the act of sex itself that produces children, that that's a sinful act, but it's a, it's a necessary sin. In fact, you find that in, in uh, some religious circles. It's uh, just so crazy because it's like God created it. Right. He you know, it's not it. like God looked down on Adam and was like, what are you doing? Get off her. And, like, he, made no, it, was, and he made it he a very it. pleasurable ex- experience as well. But we do have to remember that the pagan nations surrounding Israel, that part of their worship practices was terribly indecent and involved prostitution and and sexual activity as a part of their pagan worship practices. And in this, God is completely separating the children of Israel from the pagan practices and making this as a very serious thing. That's right. Let's get over to Psalms, and uh, we've got one psalm, actually, today, which is Psalm 68. It's a little bit longer psalm, but it is an incredible psalm in that I love what the author does here. And I'm, I don't remember if this one was a psalm of David or not, but I, I love what he does here because he recounts— It is the, a psalm of David. Okay. He recounts the goodness of God in the history of Israel and taking them out of Egypt and how time and again that he was their warrior, and he went to bat for them, and he cared for them, and when they were— in the worst of situations that he came alongside them and lifted them up. And then we have there in verse 19, he kind of comes to an interlude here where he, he says in verse 19, praise the Lord, praise God our Savior, for each day he carries us in his arms. Our God is a God who saves us. The sovereign Lord rescues us from death. And of course, it's not just the death itself, physical death. Eventually, we're all going to die physically, but This also speaks of the promise of the coming Messiah who is going to once and for all take care of death for us with his resurrection, which indeed is what Jesus did for us. Yeah, so good. Well, read that whole psalm because it is is a beautiful psalm. Well, today is a day that I will not be observing, National Weather Person's Day. Not a fan of weather people, because I feel like I'm not to get on a soapbox here, but I'm going to get on a soapbox here for just a second. If I was as wrong as a weather person, I would not have a job. Can you imagine the theology that'd be going out from the bridge yeah. if I was as, as accurate as a weather person? But again, uh, and I, you know, I, I guess I have to go to bat for them a little bit here, Junior. I feel for for them. It's it's hard. It's really hard. And uh, having gone into aviation, you know, as a pilot, and not just becoming a private pilot, but then when I had to get my instrument rating, or I didn't have to, but I went for my instrument rating, the learning of weather just in that is so complicated. And it was one of the most difficult tasks that I had just to be able to learn the weather that's, that you, you, there's so little that we can observe. Now, the truth is, if the, if they're able to have instruments every square mile and actually cubicle mile, because so much of the weather that we experience takes place thousands of feet above us, and there's no way you can send balloons up, but there's no way that they can have instruments to know what the temperatures are and the moisture level and the dew point and all of that stuff, even winds. You know, in aviation, we have to be very concerned about winds aloft, but we have some predictions based on weather in other places where we think because of low pressure and so forth that is going to produce some winds, but we don't know because you get up there okay. and all of a sudden it's very different from what 
we think it is. I'm glad you feel for them. I don't. I feel for myself <laughs> when they say, oh, yeah, 0% chance of snow after 8 a.m. Okay, I'll go out and shovel at 8.30 and then yeah, it starts snowing at 8.45. Right. <laughs> or or it's uh, it starts, you know, it's supposed to be snow all day and then it rains the whole day instead. Well, any weather people listening, my dad salutes you. Yeah. I, on the other hand, have a little bit of a grudge, <laughs> but I'll have to forgive I'm you. I'm glad we at least get a little bit of prediction because otherwise we wouldn't know a thing. Hey, that's good. Just don't be so confident, weather people. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, it was great to be with you again. And uh, keep going. Keep going with Leviticus. Don't be a dropout, okay? Don't be a dropout. This is a great book. And no, we're not going to repeat Leviticus. Uh, I mean, we will in a couple of years. We'll be back to it again. But when we finish Leviticus, we're not going to start over again. We do that with the shorter New Testament books. But it was great to be with you. We'll look forward to being with you again tomorrow. God bless. God bless.